Welcome to Space Action Podcast. Uh, this week, Chris and DC are actually out of town. So this is their sound guy, uh, Bart, who's uh, sitting in for them. Just uh, thought maybe we'd throw up an old episode, like uh, the first episode ever was uh, Last Jedi. So we thought maybe, or I thought, I guess, uh, kind of going against the against the order, marching orders here, right? By old Hitler and Stalin there, you know? But... Uh, I thought I'd put up the original podcast. Uh, it was about the Last Jedi. I thought it'd be appropriate with Rise of Skywalker coming out and everything. So yeah, uh, enjoy, guys. This is the first podcast these fuckers ever did. Space action podcast with your hosts Chris Carson and DC and Shadow. All right, man. So diving right into it. Episode 8. Right into episode 8. The Last Jedi. Written by Ryan Johnson. Directed by Ryan Johnson. The first time it's been since like the prequels, right? It's been like... Written and directed by? Yeah. Yeah, he was desperate for his Iris Out written and directed by. Right. He would say and do anything for his Iris Out written and directed by. Yes, Kathleen. Uh, Anything you'd like, Kathleen. Yeah. I'm gonna do my best to represent like the people who enjoy because like otherwise we're just gonna piss in the mouth in this movie. It's gonna be the two of us just both bitching. Yes. Yeah. So I'm gonna do my best to represent like the people. Like I've read every like my second view on that movie. I read every conceivable article mm-hmm. about like why this movie's like well how it you know blah blah blah. So I went in with my expectations lowered and with a really you know positively trying to reinforce that perspective and. Can see parts of it, but we'll get into it. We'll get into it. I remember you texted me when you went to the bathroom during it. And we're like, "This is what, you, what the fuck is okay. happening?" So I, I haven't seen it all since it came out. What was your play-by-play like going? Because we were, I think you like everybody else had like you were like, "Okay, yeah, this is going to be the dark broodings follow right, Force right. Awakens." And then I heard. Well, that's the thing is, I I started to hear not great things about it. So just online, uh, yeah, just like early reviews and stuff, because it was like ninety nine percent professional critics, which that's a whole other podcast to talk about how useless professional critics are yeah. in the twenty first century. Mm-hmm. But then the, I was just watching the audience score plummet because I didn't see it on opening night, and so I went in with lowered expectations. And usually, when you go in with lowered expectations, the movie's better than you expected. Sure, yeah. And this matched my lowered expectations <laughs> quite perfectly. I just I, as soon as Poe Dameron started like riffing with him, yeah, I realized what it, it almost felt like watching Shia LaBeouf swing. Yes, with with the whatever, the or fuck. more accurately, the CGI groundhog pop out of pop the out. You're like, wait, wait, wait! Yeah, this like, is, oh no, this is where this is going. Yeah. And then by the time <laughs> Leia was floating through space, I was just I, it, it got to <coughs> where I was like literally lull, like rolling my oh, head. Yeah. Especially when the movie ended, and then it kept going. Like, the movie ended, and Snoke was dead. By the way, this is going to be full of spoilers, but I'm assuming everyone's seen it. Dude, it's about to be on video. Yeah. (laughs) But Snoke was dead, and the fight was over, and and they were on the planet, and I was like, oh, thank God, it's over. (laughs) And then it just kept going. Another half hour? It really felt like this was, like, Ryan Johnson's fanfic for a prequel movie mm-hmm. that he, like, dusted off. Mm-hmm. And was like, oh, the First Order is now inexplicably the Empire. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the uh, Resistance are now the Rebels. 
And we're going to show what probably should have happened in episode three. Yeah. But <laughs> I get, oh, I see what you're saying. So, like, you're saying that uh, that's his version of Revenge of the Sith. This kind of feels like Ryan Johnson's fanfic. Yeah. Like, he, uh-huh. like I would have done the prequels this way, well, and was... he kind of retooled it to I'm, be a sequel. I'm really doing a bad job being the guy supposed to be representing the people who like this movie. You know but... what? <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> but I'll say this much. That was the one of the biggest problems I had with this movie was when it ended, we're literally left of a ragtag group of rebels yeah. fighting a galactic empire. I'm like, okay, so yeah. in a world where we're trying to subvert people's expectations and reinvent yeah. Star Wars, we're back to the first movie? But I love that like, it really feels like Disney is really starting to realize they bought a property that is one story. Yeah. And they're like, how the shit do we make this into a million movies for the next hundred years? See, Marvel has the luxury of being like... We have all a, these characters, yeah, all, all these And places. each character has his own universe. But Star Wars, Wars is Star Wars. Yeah. It's Empire, Rebels, Jedi. And the Iron Scoundrels. Is, they seem to be kind of scared to go outside the... the the core characters. Mm. Like, that's the one thing I also don't the buy about. The archetype characters? Well, that's why I don't buy about this movie about we trying to subvert your expectations no, and, cha- and, re- <laughs> and reinvent Star Wars. I'm like, then why did you use all the tropes that are yeah. in every single yeah, Star Wars movie? Exactly. You're trying to make, make the best Star Wars movie while not trying to make one? No. I don't understand that logic. So all of a sudden, they're like, after that's done, it's like, okay, what's your next move? We're making the Han Solo prequel. Yeah. Dude, uh-huh. aim outside the scope. Oh, well, fanboys, yeah. they don't want to see anything outside the That's not true for three decades. <laughs> and we're bringing in a Ronnie Howard exactly. to finish it off. For three decades, we read books about every peripheral character, new characters, the Old Republic. Uh, we read fucking stories about the Cantina Band. Yeah. The Bith, the Jizz Players, whatever the fuck they're called. Well, I love people that say that this is... Like such a huge risk for Disney and for Star Wars. It's like it's it's the exact opposite. It's the safest they could it's possibly the be. Way. Yeah, yeah. And I and I'm totally for subverting expectations. Mm-hmm. And I'm totally for like going, oh, I didn't see that coming. If it's done well, right. And this was just uh, like every creative choice by Ryan Johnson. Every little thing, like even Luke brushing his shoulder <sighs> off. Like these are all little moments that you know came from Ryan Johnson. And every single one of them, I thought was just atrocious. There, I saw one interview with him where he was just like. Oh, you know what the craziest thing is? Uh, I started writing this movie uh, before the end of Force Awakens even happened, before they even finished shooting, and uh, I submitted the first draft. We shot that. I'm like, yeah, no shit. That's why yeah. there's no overarching themes at all. Yeah. or character arcs that yeah. carry through at all in well, this movie. Apparently, yeah, he threw out J.J. Um, Abrams' uh, yeah. uh, treatment yeah. for it. He just went, meh, pff. And this feels like an end of a trilogy, too. Yeah. But the, the, uh, I just want to quickly go over the fact that in the, in this universe... 30 years of peace and prosperity and then over the course of about five days <laughs> um, this like neo-Nazi group that's been hiding in South America Seriously? shows up they're utterly defeated their super weapon is destroyed but then inexplicably they now control the universe they're, they're on the run the good guys are on like... the run because I, I guess because they blew up not Coruscant so that means that now the first order is the new empire I guess, but they just wanted to kind of shoehorn in the old Star Wars, you know, concepts of Empire and Rebels. But they just lost Starkiller Base. Right. They should be on they should be on the run. Right. But just the opening crawl says, No, actually. Yeah, they, yeah. And then it ends with like a little slave kid sweeping the floor thinking like Luke Skywalker, my hero, and that was that like a week later? The whole movie, and that's, <laughs> the timeline of this movie drives me nuts. It's, it takes place over like a day. They keep saying repeatedly, like Rose has that little uh, thing on her on her watching. Like, there's eight hours left to yeah. fuel. If we have eight hours left to fuel, meanwhile we see Ray on that planet for a three couple days. days. Yeah, 
So are days on that planet just like four hours long? Was what that, am I missing here? Was that Ryan Johnson trying to recreate the fact that Luke was on Dagobah for like a year? Well, and then Han and Leia see, were just running around for a day? And that's something that a lot of, you know, OG fans don't think of, is the Empire kind of has that fault too. But I always kind of just assume later on, like... Listen, one Irvin Kirshner's a fucking genius, so screw maybe you. They, maybe they stay in that space slug for like a week. That's what I was You're, thinking. You know what like, I mean? yeah. you know, whenever there's a part um, right after they break loose from the back of the Star Destroyer beds, but it's pretty far, but I think we can make it. Yeah. Uh, after that, we go to Dagobah. Luke has the vision about them. We cut to the Falcon arriving on Cloud City. That could City. have been like two, three weeks. Exactly. Of yeah. I kept thinking, like, maybe that was a month. Like, yeah. we don't fucking know. Who knows? Like, like, it could have been a goddamn year for all we know. Maybe yeah. they just have the same outfits on the Falcon. <laughs> Han never changes his no, outfit. They got a lot. There's this. We don't see the awkward day where they all stand around in their underwear while their shits in the washer dryer. <laughs> yeah, and Chewie's just licking himself. Like yeah, Chewie's all naked. Um, episode eight, though, one of the most damning things I think about it was they tried to create contemporary parallels to our world, and that doesn't work for Star Wars in my mind. Like, I don't want to go see my big fun space action movie and hear about warmongering profiteers. Well, that was... And... Like, like, like I was gonna say, because when you said... Like, the original Star Wars is rife with that. Like, the Empire is clearly just space Nazis. And, true. like, the whole idea... I, like, there are little... Or, like, you know, uh, the Ewoks are clearly the Vietnamese. Like, they didn't have a ton of, you know, weaponry, but my God, did they kick them. But em- it's so broad. It's very broad. And it's, it's just... It's, it's, it's Star- not as on the nose no. as, like, don't you see, Finn? There's people who profit on both sides. The original world. trilogy was a lot of what fans ended up putting on to it because like at its core the original trilogy was trying to be Greek mythology sure. or the Bible or it was Arthurian trying to be myths. Arthurian myths yeah. it was just trying to be the new mythology and then people were like oh well the Republicans of the Empire and it's like you're kind of putting that on sure. to it sure, sure. because there's such classic themes that they do in that level apply to contemporary life but never but episode eight general. was yeah episode eight was pure like on the nose it's the part where that's what Star Trek is for can we pause and talk about (laughs) if you jumped at the DeLorean Mm. and went back to 1997 and you told me Benicio Del Toro was gonna be in a Star Wars movie I would've lost my I'm like dude Fenster's gonna be in a Star Wars movie this is gonna be amazing stuttering his way through oh the second he started going I'm like why would he be good the rest of this movie's been a dumpster fire why the shit would would he be good Oh, it drove me nuts. Like, that was the thing that got me the most was just, I love that man. I think every performance he turns in, <coughs> he has a way of making it his own. Mm. And I'm just watching... And I guess in this case, it was his tick. What is that? What is that? I'm surprised, like, certain, like, insane... Because everyone gets offended by everything these days. That's what I thought. I'm surprised, like, the, the, the stutterers for America yes! or something... Didn't... I was waiting for the backlash, like, last Jedi misrepresents the right. community, like... yeah. Oh, wait, I want to get this out of the way, too. Uh, my theory that I've told By you... By the way, weird as shit. If anyone who likes this movie oh. at, well, at this point, listening to this, like, trying to find something, like, let's see what these people have to say. They're like, these are the fanboys that we're fucking talking about. Let's be honest. Anyone who, <laughs> anyone who loves this movie is probably... It's like, it's we're now in a world where we've been being fed McDonald's for so long, we don't understand what steak tastes like anymore. Right, right. So it's like it's like just well, go expand your palate, watch other things. Let me well, let me put it this way because I don't like I don't I don't want to say anyone who likes Rusty is a fucking moron because that just is a backhanded compliment to myself. Mm. So let me put it this way: it wasn't for me. If you liked this movie, good for you. Like honestly, that's fine. Like it just wasn't for me. I'm gonna take what, a hard and, approach to say the movie sucked. Okay, but like hear me, hear me out. <laughs> like what I saw 
in that film was not what was presented in those trailers. No, not at all. You know? No. I didn't see Finn walk around in a squirty bodysuit. I didn't see BB-8 shooting coins out and going, blowing on it like an old West. I that didn't see him pure, driving an Imperial Walker. That was R2 prequel level You know what I'm bullshit. saying? Yeah, where I was like, it, you made this amazing puppet in the first one that was all practical effects, and then you just go full CGI. Everything he was doing was so... Like, everything he did, you could compare to a scene from, like, Revenge of the Sith, R2. Yeah, a little but, bit. Like, why didn't they send Especially R2 up against the Especially when there's a shot that drives me nuts. It makes me want to put a fucking pencil through my throat. Whenever he's shooting the people with the coins, right? And they cut to Benicio del Toro, and he's literally doing this goofy Looney Tunes dance with the boots around his neck. He's got Google eyes. And he's making this jackass face. It was like Ryan Johnson's like, you like that? Oh, you like that? Oh, you like that? It confuses me so much because Looper was a hundred percent him. Yeah, and every choice in that movie is amazing. Yeah. So I honestly think that I Ryan think he Johnson, just knows that take direction really, he was really well. so desperate for an Iris out star, John Williams music written and directed by my fucking name yeah. that he said yes to everything. That's how you get a trilogy, dude. That's how you get a trilogy. He said yes to everything. Yeah. But wait, I want to throw this out here. As wait, my... wait, I'm not done. I'm not oh, done. sorry, sorry. Okay, but if you like Last Jedi, I can totally understand the part. Like, like I said, I read every article. I do agree that like this movie did what no other Star Wars movie did, but in a to me in a very in a prequely way. Not even the prequels, because the prequels felt at least a little bit original. Oh, they were completely original. You know what I mean? So like, great. Like, and I'm using finger the, quotes in the right middle now. Of, great yeah, them. In the middle of the Phantom Menace, there's a car. There's a, a race scene. Yeah. I didn't see that shit coming. Oh, Dylan. Dylan Scott had a great point. He's like, we know in the scene whenever they're in the casino and you see the wall shake... He was like, is it bad that at that, yeah. that point I thought the movie was so bad I was severely hoping there was going to be a pod race? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like... I don't remember. Was it implied that there was pod racing on that planet? No. Um, there was, like, a racetrack in the distance or something. I remember. Those were horses that they rode, Carson. The, those, the horses the, the sad puppy faces. horse things. You know what? Even if everyone dies... It was all about this. Now it's see. worth it. We saved a pony. It's all about these pony things that they'll round up and take back. And By the way, day. everybody, if we take this 30-minute scene out of the film entirely, it doesn't change the plot at all. No, that, <laughs> what, we got to touch on the fact that nothing changes the plot at all. But but you'll finish your thought first, because literally okay, yeah, we got to I want to give this movie some props, because there are moments in it that I do like. One, first and foremost, and I think it's pretty relevant because the man just got his star on the Walk of Fame. Uh, Mark, Mark Hamill dude like I I like what they did with Luke this is the picture I wanted to put by the way as a caption okay is uh, a screenshot of him saying with the subtitles I fundamentally disagree with every choice man. <laughs> every choice man. And then underneath, yeah. a picture of him sucking down that green milk oh. out of the tit with that angry look. look on it. That was it. That's what he was thinking. Like, I fundamentally oh. disagree with this. I it fucking so, hate you. That was so kabuki where he was like, mm, and his mustache <laughs> full of milk. You're like, what is happening? Uh, whenever they showed the monster, I was like, it's going to have tits. And like, it manifested itself. I was like, no. That was one of the He's going to milk it. Yeah, that was one of my many what the fuck is happening. It was a little like uh, watching the pirate sequels. And I was Ooh, just like, or oh, Pirates Four. Yeah, I was like, wow, we're going there. Yeah. All right. It was a lot of parallels I can draw to watching uh, uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yes, absolutely. Just like the, just, like, the, the bottom falling out of your stomach, like, oh like, my god, oh, no. this is happening. Oh my god, no. Oh, there's a couple times I just grabbed Christine's arm. And I was just like, why is this happening? <laughs> 
happening? Why is Leia floating in space? Which oh, I, I want to get into we'll that. Get into I want to get into that. Um, but for the po- the positives, um, I thought the way he did that, he the way he played with this tortured, damaged Luke Skywalker. Perfect for Luke. He was uh, always, he was born of like if you look at the whole saga, he is the son of something created by the dark side of the Force. So he's going to have, flawed. and I love, he's totally flawed, yeah. and that it's totally believable that he would have that moment of, should I just kill this guy? It took me a while to come around to it, but I've... It's totally it's believable. Perfect. It makes perfect and sense. And the fact that he didn't, but then and it's the, all the, about the fact perception. that's the only scene he, you, see, you see him use that green, green lightsaber. lightsaber. That green lightsaber was just wrought with bad yeah. decisions. Yeah. Like it's kind of awesome. And he just has that one weak moment, like how the, he had in Jedi, that one weak moment yes. of wailing on his father, yeah. and then he that. realized. So he had that one moment of that, ah, and then it... Past. Yeah, but and everyone complains about that. It's like that's perfect. No, that's for perfect, Luke. and I love the way it's just enough for Ben to be. It gives that, that motive for that dude to be like, "Fuck this guy." I'm gonna kill him. It's all about perception. That's yeah. perfect. I was like, well, "That's actually pretty brilliant." Like, no, I, you can like. There's there are grander, th- more intelligent themes present in this movie, mm-hmm. but they're so watered hey, down. I'm, I'm, let's go through all. Of them. They're so watered down. Oh, dude, you're, you're preaching the choir. Trust yeah. me. But like, what else do I, I love about this movie? Um. Yeah, I thought Daisy Ridley too. I thought she was fucking great because she had to play off of Luke in a weird, cute, naive way, mm. but still be kind of hard badass. We got Davy. We, <laughs> we got, got a cameo by a Davy. We got a kitty trying to get Stop. in on the Wait, action. Davy, what'd you think? Uh huh. And then what else? Well, that's not true. That's pretty racist, actually. That's a little racist, Davy. I was about to say that. You're off the podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought she was really dude. That scene, um, which leads into the well, the third thing I love. I love that scene in the throne room. I fucking love the throne room scene. I thought it was really well done. Just the idea of like, dude, I he, they did their they got to have their return in the Jedi movie. Young fool, it was I who bridged your connection. Which is odd for the second film, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, fine. It was just out of place. I do agree that like uh, zoomed in on it. That was a fun scene. I'm talking about moments, dude. I'm yeah, not, I'm yeah, not over for, exactly. No, no, I'm yeah. talking about if, again if it works on paper. I zoom out and you're like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Why is this? He's but, dead. Snoke's dead. But that throne room scene, I thought was really, really. That was the, like so Star Warsy. The mm. idea that these two are connected. And that he manipulated he him, knowing them. full well that Ben's a little bitch. He's like, I yeah. know he was going to be a pussy about it. He's he kind of been trying him. to get Ray the it's whole time. It's so good. I'm like, that was actually pretty clever writing, dude. Ben was the the the, the unattractive person, yes. like the person get, shows attention to to get the hot exactly. person. Exactly. Yeah. And like, you see it on his face that betrayal. Like, oh, you believe that betrayal? He's going to kill that dude. That is awesome. Yeah. The way they shot that lightsaber fight, like for the first time ever, it wasn't like staged. Ballet well, moves. Well, I, I really love the lightsaber fight from Force Awakens, though. That yeah, wasn't sure, staged sure, sure, ballet but, either. No, no, was... no, but like, the way they staged this one was like a gym, mm. and we just moved the camera through the... Like, everyone hits on, their yeah. marks. It looked like a samurai movie. Yeah. It went back oh, to... Oh, there was a lot of samurai. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Even like their outfits, the Praetorian mm-hmm. Guards outfits, I thought that was really, really cool. Like uh, I and again, one of those moments was like, okay, Ryan, I get it. You read the book about what George Lucas read before he made Star Wars. Yeah. You saw Kurosawa on there. You're trying to draft some Japanese. Put as reference. much as you can in. I get a little it. too much in little, my opinion. Yes, but yeah, a little too much. A little too much like our world. Star Wars should not be like our world. Exactly. At all. Yeah. Us, dude. Battering ram cannon. Yeah. Just using walk, Death Star tech. Just walk yourself through that logic. Yeah. In Star Wars, yeah. where if you go back hundreds of thousands of years, they still have spaceships. They have battering... How long were battering rams that you still remember them? Why would you just call it a big-ass yeah. cannon? Can I interject for a moment and also say that Rose uh, uh, stopped Finn, <gasps> even though Laura Dern's death... Sacrificed. Uh, ...helped everyone involved. Number four <laughs> thing I liked mo- in that movie that I thought was one of the... Honestly, probably one of the most best cinematic action sequences in a Star Wars movie. Mm. Hyperspacing through 
the supremacy, cutting the audio. Going and in silence? beautiful, just stark imagery. It's insane. And what I love the most about it, I read an article and they nailed it on the head. In an era where everyone's stuck on their phones and separated, what I loved about that moment watching it in the theater every time, the audio drops out and you get to hear everyone just go, you just feel everyone. Uh, yeah, it, the, it was the, such a unified. Tuned to a communal experience. Yeah, yeah, it really unified people. I'm like, dude, I'll give that to Ryan Johnson the day I die. That's one of the most genius moves as a director. Great, uh, great moment to end the movie on. <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh, is it going to have a huge consequence to anything? Oh. Hmm? No, no, no. They're still going to be a big space yeah. battle later. Uh, foot so battle where are they getting this giant fleet? Shh. Um, and last, what I'll end it on. Hmm. Adam Driver. Oh, yeah, uh, he's great. I, aside I thought, from his sweaty nipples. I didn't like seeing his sweaty <laughs> fucking Ben Swallow tits. But did they CGI him to make I him don't thicker? No, I think that he's just built like that. He I watched, looks, Lo- I watched Logan head. Lucky, and he only has one arm, and he is a very... Listen, I, I think he's a terrific actor, but he's got to know that like he gets cast a lot because of his physique. He's really tall, small head, but huge his, chest. His body is like four of his heads yeah. wide. Yeah. That's fucked Maybe, up. Maybe, like, he got, like, the workout regimen wrong, and he saw, like, you know, bench presses and did way too many, and they're like, you didn't do any, like, leg exercises or anything with your abs. No, it's oh, fine. It's fine. fine. It's no, fine. it's fine. No, it's fine. Mm. It's no. Adam Driver is, he's I thought he a was... great actor, so he does the best what he can do one of my favorite, that he can do. One of my favorite lines in all of Star Wars is still gonna, is always gonna be, I want every gun to fire on that <laughs> just like how angry he is the way he says he could hear him just it's, like yeah, the twitch the roiling rage in his voice it's so good it would have been a lot better if Luke had actually been there because like, if you're trying I get he's trying to build a legend but if we're going to explore new aspects of, of the force in the sense that he can project astral project his image across the galaxy then wouldn't it have been equally fine for all those lasers to have blasted him? The smoke cleared, and he's just holding his hand up, and they're all frozen in front of him. That'd be really cool. That would have been really awesome. Been really but instead, great. we get him basically playing like uh, Jedi Grand Theft Auto, where he's made an avatar of himself that looks better than, <laughs> than himself. The irony like, oh, is, okay. Star Wars is a movie that's meant to be rewatched. All the fans can tell you the name of every single I can't bounty see myself hunter. Watching this movie, no, 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 hear me out, hear me out. Uh, every fan can rewatch uh, every Star Wars movie. They can tell you the name of every bounty hunter on the board of the Executor. Mm. So we have an attention to detail. It's built into our brains. We're looking for probe droids in the background, references to the other movies. We're listening for the numbers one one three eight. You Was there me? any one one three eights in this? I don't think so. I don't oh, think sorry, um, but you show me a scene where Mark Hamill walks in with a dyed beard. He holding so a lightsaber stupid. that he just got broken. I'm like, that's a projection. Yeah. There's no way that's not... Why wouldn't he have had his green lightsaber? He lost... Because he was projecting himself also, as post-Jedi Luke. I guess the idea... When he would have had his green lightsaber. I guess the idea... I don't I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know. There's so much about that scene, and it's... Uh, the, I, I think it's just to tip the audience off that something's up, but I think we kind of got that from his horrible dyed, dyed beard. beard, and he... Ch- I, I, that outfit's sweet, though. That black and white Jedi outfit that he Except wears. Except there's one shot oh. where he's standing... Kind of bow-legged with his lightsaber out, the wind's blowing the... Uh, Flat backflap. The, the backflap, and he looks like a weeble people. He looks like he has the, the tiniest little chimpanzee legs, and then this big, thick middle, and it's so adorable. 
Because um, I, mean, I, I, I mean, I didn't, because it's illegal, download things. <laughs> but <laughs> but I paused it on that shot of him standing with, like, the lightsaber presented in front of him with his legs apart. And he just looks like these little toothpicks and this tomato sitting on top. And he's so adorable looking. He is an adorable it's man. Just, I love just, that movie. Whoever the cinematographer was should have maybe looked at that angle <laughs> before using that well, shot. That's... Uh... Another thing that really takes me out of a flick these days, and it's happening more and more and more, is anytime I can tell that these two actors are both on a green screen, neither in the same room, and these were probably shot several months. I was getting apart. some prequel vibes from this. Oh, that whole scene! I'm just like, dude, you're killing me! Like, couldn't you just gone to the Utah sand? You're right. And it's got a two shot, and then digitally them. put in the red under Seriously, the sand. I'm but... like, it just it bugged the shit out of me. Um, Wait, I got to get into my Leia theory. Go for it. So, about because it was a hundred day shoot. And I've told you this before, but for anyone listening, it was a 100-day shoot for The Last Jedi. And on day 50-ish, Laura Dern was cast. So it wasn't like her schedule started then. It was She was literally cast about 50-ish days into shooting. My theory is... And everything she does in that movie is what Leia would have done with Poe. Every, yeah. Everything. Mm-hmm. So I really do think that they were getting the dailies back... And Disney and Mar- and uh, LucasArts were going, oh, Carrie Fisher's tanking this. I agree. And so they brought in her to do... That's why they killed her off at the end yeah. and put Carrie Fisher in a space coma yeah. because she was just tanking it. She was just wasn't succeeding. It's, it's, and we'll never know because documentaries on movies now were fluff pieces. Mm-hmm. You remember back when documentaries were actually film school, essentially? Yeah. They had and an now, entire different crew. It wasn't like Disney you paid saw a bunch the, of You people. saw all the wrinkles. You saw yeah. the fights and the ups and the downs. And now documentaries on discs are like, well, we just love Star Wars. And I bet you're is... really wondering how we made that tit milk creature. Yeah. It's like, no, I, I'm not. Like, I don't want to watch your fluff shit. This, yeah. you, you used to not need to go to film school by watching making of documentaries. Now they're just basically extensions of the promos, of yeah. the promotional material. I can't stand watching any documentary. It's just such a pleasure and an honor to oh, watch It's just jerking movie. themselves off. <laughs> it yeah. really is. Everything's great. No one ever fought. No, there was nothing, I never had a problem with the never, script. No problems, never. Uh, Kathleen Candy's amazing. I saw one interview with Daisy Ridley there just like so how do you feel about it and she's like it's great <laughs> like, and the, the, the interviewer just goes yeah it's great let's move on anyways uh, but anyways that's my theory There's no, I, I'll we'll, agree with that it we'll never have it uh, we'll never find out the truth though because we don't have in-depth looks at movies anymore it feels like a really shoehorned role it really um, does especially and, like there are like I do like that one scene and I read somewhere that Carrie and her were uh, Laura Dern uh, wrote it and kept that scene where they Their sing little they, lesbian they, hug yeah, yeah it's kind of cute it's kind of cute it I but I remember I watched it because as soon as Laura Dern showed up that thought went through my head because I remember there was a coming soon dot net article that I'd read about her being cast so late in production mm. so I immediately thought of that and so when I was watching that their goodbye scene it almost felt like hey you that's me Thanks for doing this role. Now go die. Just now go needlessly get, stay behind. And die. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. It was so odd. It did like, oh. feel really strange. Um, yeah, because I thought for sure the second they introduced her, she would at least be an overarching character, and they kill her off, and I'm like, shouldn't that have been Leia? Like, I, that should 100% have been Leia. So much, I was just like, it felt like someone just got the thing, I don't know. And but I know of, everyone loves Carrie Fisher, but she's mm. not a great actor, she really isn't, and age doesn't help Yeah, her. I mean, I, that's what I like about her, though, She she's Hunter S. Thompson, man, she's not meant to be <laughs> just all fucked contained. up. Oh, yeah, yeah like, like, dude, what I love the most, of, there was a deleted scene that they, t- uh, from Force Awakens, that it kills me, you can find on YouTube of her just being, uh, I can't remember what they say, 
some one of the rebel texts is like, isn't that kind of nuts during a way? She's like, maybe it's because I'm crazy. Maybe it's because I don't care. I don't know. <laughs> but just the way she says it, I'm like, oh, that wasn't even, that was not Leia at all. That was pure Carrie. Yeah, it was pure, just, just unhinged Carrie. <laughs> oh, <picture>. yeah. <laughs> oh. But, and okay, here's the thing that bugs me the most, man, is for the first time ever, ever, because even through the prequels, I always was looking forward to the next Star Wars movie. Mm. Because I wanted yeah, I to see, I wanted to see the Canadian boy be put in the Darth Vader costume. I wanted to see Obi Wan and Anakin fight on a volcano. I was What's promised. There, what is there now? Now that like Luke's dead, yeah. maybe we'll get a ghost. Horrible choice. Han's. Oh, I don't understand why they did it. Absolutely Han's, terrible. Han's dead. Uh, Leia's literally dead. Literally dead. So I bet you the next one will open with a funeral. That'd be the smart move. The, um, apparently that's why they uh, fired Colin Trevorrow from episode 9 is because he got bitchy about wanting to keep Luke alive and they were because he was like I have a whole plan for him and they were which and, sounds great which sounds, I bet you involved a cool sacrifice I bet you involved something better than like looking like he was taking a constipated shit on the side <laughs> of a mountain and passing out Jesus style and then disappearing into a ghost <laughs> you know, it's it's not that like, okay. The problem is I have with that movie. It's it, again, it, uh, what I said earlier about it. If it works on paper, I don't mind mm. as long as it, if it works on paper, it can work. Th- I've been caring, comparing that movie a lot to uh, probably my favorite movie. No, Get Out was my favorite movie of last year. Oh, Get Out! I just watched that recently. Oh, so good. Oh, dude, we could do a whole podcast. On Get so Out. good. I love that movie. Uh, but my second favorite probably is uh, Logan. Mm. So. Thing about so it, so good as well. We have an old man who used to be an adventurer with a whole team, and most of the team's dead now. now he's broken. He's and... broken. He cast himself out. All of a sudden, this girl shows up and just needs her to do this one last job. And he's yeah. like, "No, every time I do it, people get hurt, people die. I'm not going to do it anymore." And so then, he, but he does do the job at the end. Yeah, he sacrifices his life. He realizes he's if he, he does, does this it. one last thing, he gives a new generation a whole new thing of hope. Yeah. So he sacrifices his life and he does it. One of these movies pulled it off really well. I just like honestly, I have one of these movies is the Last Jedi. I do. <laughs> like, I don't understand have... it at all because you're gonna kill Luke no matter what. Yeah. So I don't understand at all yeah. why it was a force projection. Yes, because that lessened it entirely. Yes, but wait, that I, you also... know what it is? I uh, I heard one theory. I think it was Mark Bernard, who's one of my favorite podcasters out there. Shout out to Mark Bernard. Hmm. Um, said. The idea of Jedi's being tricksters, which I kind of like. Like, Ben Kenobi's walking around doing mind tricks. The end Qui-Gon's doing mind tricks. But you're going to sacrifice any kind of actual emotional connection by the audience? Well, because he doesn't want to give Ben the satisfaction of killing him, because that just pushes him for closer to the They shouldn't have killed him, though. He he should have showed up in person. I mean, I don't want to be one of these rewriting the fucking movie on a podcast, guys. But killing him <laughs> Here's off, how I would have done it. Killing him off was the stupidest idea ever. He should have, even if he didn't want him in episode nine, he could have been off somewhere else. Stayed on the planet. Just stayed on the planet. Stayed on the planet. But killing him off just so now it, this has just been a funeral march of movies so far. Yeah, I know. We lost Han. Now we've lost Admiral Akbar and Luke. What well, kind of bums me out too the most is when I watch the originals is you'd like to think that people learn from their mistakes and. Oh, that's a point I want to make. You know what I mean? You see where I'm going with this? About, like... It's kind of weird watching the original trilogy and seeing Luke look at those twin sunsets and being like, yeah, don't leave, buddy. 
because you fail again and everything goes right back to the way it is right now. Yeah. You know what because I mean? Because Disney or, doesn't know how to make Star Wars movies. Exactly. And I, yeah. or I see Han and Leia about to kiss. I'm like, don't bother because you make a monster. Like, and just, just die. You yeah. all are failures. You're a shitty fucking father. Yeah. You're a shitty Jedi. All of you are shitty people. It's, and you could flow in space for some reason. Yeah. This whole franchise is about <laughs> failure now. It's about yeah. your heroes fail. And I'm like, yeah. oh God. Like, yeah. What a weird tone. That was what the prequel trilogy was supposed to be about, leading into the Empire for the sequel trilogy. Mm. But you think the sequel trilogy you would have a little more hope. I had a theory for a while there that right before Last Jedi came out, I think I might have told you about it, how the first trilogies. Trust me, I'm not talking about the merits of it. No, overall, uh, as a three trilogy, it's amazing that it's one a, man's vision, but it's just it's a shame that that one man's vision sucks. As a three trilogy structure, the first one is all about it's a great tragedy of how fear can destroy yourself yep. destroy an individual and the people around you who love who love them mm-hmm. fear self doubt and self doubt the next one is about hope and redemption mm-hmm. about like what to do to uh get over that pain and move forwards and, the next and one I like to think about this trilogy was supposed to be about reconciliation like force awakens oh for your man force awakens starts with everyone literally scavenging off the past mm. like trying to make sense of like all this broken shit but as the movie but then goes the next on, one resets it back to the shit. But no, no, I'm talking about before Last Jedi. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. This whole like idea, of, oh, like, they're literally where it was going to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah it yeah. really felt like this thing about like, okay, we're all damaged individuals who are running from something. Mm. How do we now reconcile and move forwards? This one, I it, threw all that out the window it, like a J.J. Abrams draft. Like I just, it really felt like again. Like a guy who started making a movie without the first one being completed, yeah, on it the first draft, it didn't fall. Yeah, it didn't, yeah, just didn't fall. I have no problem with Ray's parents being nobody. Oh no, that, that Obi was Obi Wan's parents were nobody, but I, the way it was presented, no, no, no one. I like I would again. I don't want to be that guy who rewrites a movie on a podcast. But how much more profound it would have been if just on the planet Luke just says, "You know, your parents aren't anybody. You don't right. belong here." I but understand also, why you're trying. It does fuck up the setup of of the Excalibur calling her. The fact that she's not in any way part of this story. It's interesting in terms of like a movie in itself, episode mm. 8 in of itself, going, mm. oh, she's no one, neat. But at the same time, it completely null and voids The Force Awakens' uh, approach to her. So it's it's almost like they have no plan for these movies. It really is. And that's the I th- that's another part I was going to make. is like Remember back whenever they pushed it back to December, they threw out art script. And they, they're like, J.J.'s rewriting it. Yeah. I was like, uh-oh. That's, mm. There's no way that's good news. And you end up with a movie that's packed with all these expectations. Who are our parents? Yeah. Why is the all lightsaber the mystery boxes. All the mystery boxes. Yeah. And it's just like, why did you make it so top-heavy? Yeah. Like, Star Wars was a standalone film that luckily got a sequel. Why did you make this top of this trilogy so... The expectation was insane that no wonder the guy was like, fuck you. Yeah. I'm not doing any of that. Well, they made it top-heavy, and then they completely threw everything out yeah. to make a sequel that then ended the trilogy. Yeah. Because the next one can't pick up five minutes later. The no. next one's going to be like ten years later, which almost feels like it should have been the next which, trilogy. In terms of bookending the trilogy, it would be kind of cool if it was like Phantom Menace ten years later, the prequels, blah, blah, blah. Then they could go this movie ten years later, the last film. The last one. I wouldn't mind seeing... Or are they going to be trilogies anymore? Do you think episode... I think the plan, yeah, they said nine, I think, is still... So nine, as far if, as I know, nine is still the end point. Like, who, they can change that at any moment. Yeah, who knows? They if might they're do... they're going to stick with it, yeah. God, if they did 12. 
It's going to be episode 9, 10 are going to be like Actually, still no, no, these no, characters no, no, we, no, we know they announced it already. They got, uh, Ryan's got his uh, uh, trilogy and then they're doing the Star Wars stories in between so there's no room for... But his trilogy is not related. It's not an episode. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. So like 9's the end. Oh, so then there's going to be no more episodes after I don't nine. think so. That's the end of the Skywalker stories. That's very odd. It's in a weird place to like, you know, see what I'm saying? Like, so Skywalker's good bloodline is going to end. So he was created from the dark side of the force and ended with a vicious monster. <laughs> So any kind, of, <laughs> any kind of redemption really doesn't... Even though Lucas himself... Even, I'm not going to give a lot of praise to Lucas because he did fuck up those prequels and Return of the Jedi when you really <laughs> look at it. He's always said the basis of Star Wars is redemption. Yeah. But I guess not anymore. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> it's learning that you can't fix shit and to move on, Like, which I think is a weird message to it's part It's a weird on. message. But I want to say, I want to touch briefly on the fact that I don't... like. None of the characters affected the plot of episode eight. No. None of them. They're Ray just a little bit yeah. by lifting some rocks to let the rebels out at They're the end. They're all just watching shit happen. And, yeah, because the entire uh, plot line with uh, fucking Finn, who is... Just, oh my god, you're right. The only thing Finn. of relevance that happens in that movie is that the supremacy tracks the rebel thing and that, that pursues the plot but like that was just the, the characters that was just no the navy doing it. its job yeah. it had nothing to do with anyone and I get that like and anyone <laughs> oh my god anyone <laughs> listening to this will be like well the whole theme of the movie was about learning from failure and I'm like I get that but it doesn't mean that you have to make your characters completely uh, in, in unrelevant to how the events occur. Wow. Because no, nothing they did would have changed anything that happened. Even the closest thing all. that could have happened is like, Poe's like, I'm going to create a rebellion, I'm going to take these ships, and then he gets tased. And he gets tased. And, and everything keeps going, going the way it was going. Yeah. So it it's like, like no, 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 the characters didn't affect the plot at all. And it's that's, almost like he did it intentionally, like, no, I'm going to make nothing happen. It's like he was trolling us. <laughs> Ryan really, from second one. Us. From second one, dude, I remember one... And this is nitpicky again. I, I can hear people being like, "This is what fanboys think." But every fucking Star Wars movie pans down from the scroll, and we have some sort of space scene. Mm. First, usually one, reminis- thematically reminiscent of what the story's about, too. Oh, I like your thesis. Tell, tell, tell them about this. It's really cool. Well, it's just uh, it ends with Jedi because the Jedi is when it starts going off the rails. Yes. It's because uh, Star Wars with this franchise. Yeah, it's interesting watching things we love slowly die yeah. off one by one. And like it was a weird one, like. Christine said it best when we left the theater. She was like, "Wow, so I guess I know what it's like to live through the prequels." Like, yeah, <laughs> you got the full Star Wars experience yeah. now, dude. Like yeah, it is. I do kind of. I do take the side of I think people who really love this movie. It's a double thing. I'm not going to say you're an asshole for loving this movie, but maybe just maybe you've been eating a little too much McMovies. Because, like, from from the McMovie perspective, I'm sure there was a lot of depth in this movie, quote unquote, but. Just watch like just just watch any other movie that isn't made by Disney or Fox or Universal, and you're gonna see. (laughs) You're just gonna see how you're losing so many people. No, fuck them, because this is such a shallow movie. It's such a two dimensional shallow movie with themes that are so broad and heavy. With great performances, but they literally have to have Yoda go learn through failure. We do. Okay, we miss Yoda at all. Get it? Yoda's a very distinct color of green. That was a horrible puppet. I what was up with that puppet? puppet? But it was horrible. Like, I have no... Dude, I miss Puppet Yoda. I sincerely did. At least I thought I did. But that one, if you... I've seen side-by-side comparisons. It's like he was in the microwave too long and his face just squished His eyes were bit. too small, too. It didn't look right, man. They no. were like, we got the original molds. I'm like, did you? 
No. Did, did they just tell you that they did? Because that thing looks like it yeah. was created from memory, dude. But to finish my what makes me an asshole thought, apparently, is that <laughs> it honestly, I think in ten years it's going to be like people who love the prequels, where they're going to like look back and go, oh, wait, right, this is an incredibly shallow movie with incredibly two-dimensional characters that have these incredibly broad themes of failure they beat you over the head with to make it, like, Disney, to me, is like a magic show. And I've said this to you before, where they are really great at tricking you once, Mm -hmm. but the second time you see the trick, you start going, oh, that's how they did it, and then it loses all its luster. I lived through that with the Pirates trilogy. Yeah. Because that first one completely took me by surprise. I swear to this day, that's one of the best movies. Oh, I love the I'm the guy who likes the second one. I love the scope of the second one. Mm, and the music. And oh, Davy Jones. Dave and... Simmer's scores and say in that one. Mm. Um, I love, yeah, I love the scope of that one, how, like, they went to, like, Dominica and shot these insane locations that no one's ever even said. Really pissed before. off the natives and of one of the islands. And paved yeah. over a bunch of land that will never get back again. Never, ever. Thanks, no. Gore. Yeah. Um, but... What? Pirates. At the time you get to the third one, they're in a maelstrom. You're starting oh, to feel like, yeah, okay, no. there's no way I can, Paul, I can, no. I can't, a giant, I can't connect to this. No, at all. there's a giant lady on the boat. I can't defend this anymore. No, the third one went off the rails to the point where you couldn't, like, as an audience member, you couldn't, you couldn't put yourself in. You couldn't live vicariously through it. And also, if you weren't even trying to do that, it was just so much insanity, and that you couldn't connect with it on any level. And that's how I felt about Last Jedi. Yeah. I was like, this is just crazy sensationalistic. Like, mm-hmm. I remember the opening, like you said, whenever... With Yo ma- Mama jokes. He's making Yo Mama jokes. I was like, okay, listen, I'm not saying you can't put a Yo Mama joke in a... In a I'm gonna go ahead movie. and say that. But in a Star Wars, Wars movie. movie, you gotta realize... <laughs> Like, and I know this movie was going to subvert expectations by doing things others. That's fine, dude. Make a Bond movie where he's a black woman. Like, if you really want to subvert expectations, see how that works. Just do it well. If you're going to subvert expectations, you can't just say, you're gonna, I'm going to subvert expectations. Yes. You have to actually do it well. well. The, the, I, the ideology, <laughs> I, the, the thing I've been trying to say, well, I was trying to explain it, is like, if I say, hey, Chris, come back here next week, and I'll give you $100. Ooh! You come back in a week and you're like, "Where's my hundred dollars?" And I kick you in the nuts. Well, that subverted my expectations, right? That's not me being clever. And then that's someone being... watching that will be like, "Can't you see how amazing and clever that is?" He subverted his, his so expectations. You, so you don't realize because he expected a hundred dollars. That yeah, so that totally were. subverted. You just don't get it. That's the problem. I don't think you get it. You just don't get it. You're <laughs> probably just you know a right wing Republican misogynistic yeah. racist. Go vote for Trump. Yeah, you just don't like Asians in Star Wars. What? Ooh, that'll lead into our Marvel what? discussion. I'll leave that as a teaser for what Ooh. I'm going to talk about. All right, so should we cap it on Star Wars? Where do, do we you, have anything oh, else to say? Do we have uh, anything the future, there? there is the future. What do you think about Favreau picking up the series? Uh, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. It's too, it's it's. I don't want a Star Wars movie every year until I die, and then a Star Wars TV show to supplement that movie every year until I die. I don't give a fuck. These were. This is like. <laughs> This is like, Burn it down, Chris. Yeah. Burn it all down. This is like a if if Disney bought Back to the Future, and now we have to have Back to the Future oh, movies and TV shows until we die. That's and you're like, that point. is that is a tight little trilogy that should have stayed the way it was. Or it tops nine movies, but it doesn't look at like tops. they're ending it at nine yeah. movies. It's it, I don't care anymore because and here's the thing. Whoa, uh, whoa, whoa, Chris, slow down, slow down. Tell me how you really feel. How do you how do you feel about Solo? <laughs> what are your expectations? Oh, <laughs> 
I don't care anymore. No, but I'm going to break it down like this. is At least the prequel trilogies were a, some dude's vision. They sucked. They were horrible. Oh, yeah. These new movies are market-researched, like, toy sales, McDonald's tie-in. Mm. They are not a movie. They're a product. And at least the prequels weren't a product. Like so, Disney has it was artsy as shit. He tried some cool Republic, like some weird like he tried, but Disney sci-fi movie. They are taking a, a property and they are milking it from every angle except for the artistic one. Mm. They are just turning it into a product, mm. and I don't give a fuck what happens next with Star Wars. And I've I think too I've watched so many of my childhood franchises be turned into marketing monsters. I've watched Star Trek die. I've watched Indiana Jones die. It's, this is just another one. This is another one dying. Make new things, Hollywood. Make new things.